Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Alrighty guys, welcome to another episode of Tuna Town Talks. Um, today I got a good friend of mine, Austin Powell. He's uh, somebody I got into free diving with a long time ago. Um, he's always been a, a good friend on the water, and we've had some great times together, so I just wanted to have him on and... Um, also talk about some of the new things that he's into. He's with uh, intense sport fishing, and uh, but anyways, I'll let him tell more about himself and all that. But uh, right now we're uh, sitting out of my house here in Ocean Springs. Decided to do a podcast. Um, I got uh, this bottle right here of Yellowfin Vodka. Um, you guys all go go out and get you a bottle of that. It's some good stuff. We're not going to be drinking right now because it's somewhat. <laughs> early in the day it's about beer 30 at this point yeah <laughs> it's about 12 o'clock so we're gonna lay off the booze for right now but um austin go ahead and say hey to everybody man uh how's it going guys my name's austin powell uh <laughs> yes i've already been introduced i don't really need mm. man so like me and you got into uh diving together it's like right around the turn of like instagram you know what i mean it's like instagram was just then coming out of it yeah and i remember uh we uh we decided to do this freediving class with uh cam don't other than cameron kirk connell oh cam kirk connell himself (laughs) also a good friend but yeah he came down to the coast and did the class with us and uh it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, what do, what do you think? That was, like, definitely a life-changing... It uh, was, for sure, because yeah. I didn't even know who you were before that. No, yeah. That was definitely the time we met. I, um, I only heard rumors of the Miller boys, so... <laughs> and so definitely some local legends with your pops around in the area. Yeah. And uh, very few people even freed of here, you know, being in Mississippi, so... It's kind of hard to find the... I think we needed six people to fill the class, and I only had two. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think we kind of just messaged around. Yeah, and definitely, and that's how you know, yeah. somebody sent me your uh, yours and Luke's contact. That's yeah. how we end up getting in, uh, meeting each other. I don't other. think Luke did it though. Luke he did. He did it years. He later. did. Omar. Man, I wish he would have. Omar ended up doing it with us, yeah. and then uh, I'm trying to remember who else is in the class. Some of your like old scuba buddies and yeah, I don't. Kyle I, Howard. Yeah, I guess so. Kyle, Kyle. It was definitely me and Kyle. Then it was you and Omar, and then. I don't remember who the other person was. I think Cam brought his own guy up. Yeah, yeah, so did yeah. Josh. Yeah. So, Josh, yeah. but yep, that was definitely that was definitely. Uh, and I didn't even do good in that class. I did terrible. <laughs> I remember throwing up in the middle of the class and uh, after doing a few dives and stuff. And uh, it's crazy how far we've come with all that now. Yeah, so. it is crazy to think about because like you're an instructor now, right? Yeah, so. I, yeah. I've been an instructor for like five years. Wow. So, how have you liked that? Uh, the instructing stuff was fun. Uh, I I don't do too much of it nowadays. It's kind of on the back burner, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was uh it was fun watching people come into the class just as me and you did. Mm-hmm. Um, had very low expectations. I thought these people were full of it, you know, and so forth. And then after two days, you know, watching people get out of their comfort zone and pushing, exceeding their limits by far, yeah. something they thought they never could ever do. You know, I mean, it's two days. Yeah. So yeah. that's where they, it does teach a lot and a lot of safety and a lot of it opens your eyes to a lot of things with it too. So, yeah. where did your like passion for the water like first start though? Because I mean, before we did the class together, obviously, you know, when I was been on the water, I, I grew up landlocked in Star, Mississippi, uh, nowhere near the ocean. But my I was born in Pascagoula, so mm-hmm. kind of from around the area, had family down here and so forth. But uh, my dad gave me an option whenever I was twelve with my two hundred dollars of a 
uh, birthday money. I could either buy my PS2 that I wanted or uh, possibly uh, do a scuba class with them. And, of course, I outdoors person I am and so forth, I chose the scuba class. <laughs> and, I, I mean, it was the best thing I ever did. I scuba dove until we took that class. I think I was probably 22, 23 then. Yeah. And, uh, Isn't it strange how we grow up in a world where you scuba dive before you free dive? Yeah, for sure. You know but what I mean? It, <laughs> and I, and I've, I've told that to a lot of people. It, it, already, it, it helped me. Free diving – it would have been a little bit harder to get into if I wasn't already water comfortable. Yeah. You know, I've already been diving on the rigs for, I don't know, 10 yeah. years at the time, give or take. Yeah, uh, that, could be done players, that could be done current. in other ways as well, though. For but sure. Yeah, for you, it was yeah, for me. Diving, yeah. So it was easier for me to break that barrier because that's a whole nother, you know, the Merc layers, yeah. the Oreo and all that stuff. That's a whole nother aspect. You know of, what to expect yeah, exactly. whenever you're going down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I've never really thought about it like that, but I, I definitely agree because the classes were always easier when the water was clean. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like, it's got to be out of Mississippi. The conditions are just so hit or miss that, yeah. you know, a lot of times you need to go down 50 feet to be able to see anything. Yeah, for so. sure. Sure. Yeah. So. And for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about, a lot of times when you dive around uh, really the, the Mississippi River on either side, any side of it, um, you'll have like river water on the top or on the bottom and uh, or really just like a silt layer on the bottom. But the middle layer is really the only clean spot. So uh, a lot of times, you know, free diving isn't <laughs> isn't the isn't the easiest thing to do. I mean, you'll have currents going every which way all through the water column. So. The diving conditions here off Louisiana and Mississippi is just uh, it's unlike nothing. It can be uh, less than ideal at some days. Yeah. So. <laughs> it definitely is, too. And then you got the rig, so you got, like, structures Structure. that going to hit you in the head. And, I mean, it happens a lot more than you think and whenever, I'm, you know, shit's going crazy and you just shot a fish or whatever. I'd like to not admit it myself, but it's definitely – I've got a couple oh, scars yeah, on top man. of my head. From it, it happens. It, so. I, I feel like I'm a lot more aware of it, too, because I've grown up in yep. – you know, you have too in the environment. You bring some people here from Florida. Yeah, never it's, been, never had. They don't have to think about it nope. the whole time. You know what I mean? It's yep. something they can float up all the way from thirty feet if they want to, and not yeah. have to stress. Exactly, so. exactly. But um, so like from the time that you were like twelve to the time you were like, how old did you? About sixteen. So I moved to the coast when I was like fourteen, fifteen years old, and then my dad and them got a bigger boat and. Um, some guys from Chevron were heard talking about spearfishing the oil rigs, and my dad just—he's a DIYer, so he was all like, "Man, that sounds fun. We ought to do that." And uh, well, we did it. So, <laughs> what was one of the bigger things you shot, like scuba diving, like one of your more? Um, probably. I mean, I've shot three war saws. Damn. And that, so that was—I don't think I've ever shot one. That's yeah. Awesome. And so that was—that was a big accomplishment. But none of them were big. You know, they were all smaller, thirty, forty pounds. But still, you know, it's a war saw more than most people saw, have. Yeah. And I was young then. I wouldn't—I probably wouldn't shoot the smaller ones now. I don't yeah. know why. But well, I mean, because you've done it. before. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just—but <laughs> it was cool. With like big bulldog-looking grouper on the bottom here, and then uh, uh, probably the. I would say I – Dude, I remember in that Kyle, class, didn't you miss a Kubera on scuba? That's before? right. That's what I say. Yeah. I, I've, I've missed three Kuberas. That's my wow. white ghost. And that's why I've, yeah, that's why I've traveled to Costa Rica and Bahamas so much trying to get the stupid Kubera. <laughs> oh, it's the one I want to check off my list more than anything. Yeah. Dude, so, I didn't, now I've done that, but now it's it still comes because, like, I saw some earlier this year off of uh, – out in Louisiana and – and well, were, actually, I saw a giant dog snapper, but another mm -hmm. diver went out in the same area and he saw a big Kubera. 
and it just eats you up, man. Like, and you like, want to do – this like that elusive fish, you know. Like, yeah, they're so it's smart, man. White ghost. <laughs> they are so smart. You know, it's, it's like so a mangrove on steroids. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's definitely, a, that's definitely a bucket list. I've gotten one down in Costa Rica. Yeah. You've gotten uh, one down there, too. No, I never so, – really? I've seen them, but I don't want a 20, 30-pounder. You know, if yeah, I was going to do it – Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I was after a, a simple goal when I was down there, so yeah, it just never cool. happened. Yeah, I had to go back. I went back, like – I think four times. The fourth time. The last time I went, I got that big one, that 64. We need to hit up Sean and do a trip. Yeah, dude. Sean's the man. (laughs) Definitely. I could use that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But um, uh, so, like, you got into – so, like, around – what age did you start taking, like, the freediving class? How old were you then? I think I was 22, 23, somewhere in there. somewhere in there. Yeah, I was young, Buck. I was 16 years old, my friend. I tell people all the time, (laughs) you were the guy – you were the 16-year-old that was bossing around telling us what to do and where to go and putting us on fish. And we always said you were going to do something with that one day. Look at you now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – I remember going out on some of those trips with you in – I don't know. I think am I up until I went to Dolphin Island in Alabama. That's correct. You grow up on the water, and people always tell you you know what you're doing, and you get into this mentality that you know everything. Yep. It's really it's almost a toxic thing. And uh, after I went out on Dolphin Island, and I I had that same mentality as a deckhand um, that I thought I knew everything. But it wasn't until I got in Venice where I kind of was, like, dumbfounded at how good these guys were. And I think it was then that I was went more of, like, in a, in a learning mentality than, a, like, a know-it-all mentality. And, yeah. like, people don't know – like, people tell you that you're like that, but yeah. you don't really know what it's like until, you know, you, 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 you see it for yourself in a way. Yeah. But, like, I remember then, like, now it's, like, every day out on the water. Like, I'm looking for somebody to show me something. Like, I'm asking like, my clients to show me something. You know, you're trying to learn something from everybody. It's yeah. it's a totally different mentality. There is. There's a, more, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. So yeah. Always. <laughs> and, uh, and, but that's, a, that's something you realize, too. That's just part of growing up and getting older and so forth. You know, you, you become a little wiser. And, uh and then you, like you said, you branched out and you met people and they like set the next bar for you. I mean, yeah, like you thought you were the shit until you meet the people that are the shit. So. Yeah, it is, man. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you're constantly being humbled and you got to check your yep. ego. Like you don't know it all. And yep. I think that was like a, I don't know. I think that was a big thing for me, uh, early are, on. It was, uh, it was definitely a mind shift change at some point. And things are always things. evolving and changing, especially out here with the waters mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. less rigs or this and that, or, you know, I guess flooding and so forth you know and so you know you're always like if you're not changing and adapting with everything you know you're you're getting left behind so (laughs) it's always something new to learn out there that's for sure yeah a thousand different ways to fish all over the world so oh there is man there definitely is and not everybody's wrong yeah (laughs) they catch fish for a reason my dad always used to say you know there's not a right or wrong way and you can have that mentality. You know, there's not a right or wrong way, but a lot of times there's a better way. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could show you a better yeah, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. So, uh, like, after we did the freediving class and all, I was kind of like a, I don't know, like, I, I was working, like, kind of, I don't know, I guess I was working, uh, I worked on some boats and stuff, but we were planning trips. Yeah, That was so like a big I, thing, the know, Bahamas and, and that's, stuff. And that's one reason why me and you always clicked it off. It was always like, it'd be a Thursday, I'd be getting off work and be like, hey man, I just got invited to go down to the Key, you want to the, the yeah, Wahoo remember shootout. that? Yeah, we remember did the, Wahoo, the Keys. Yeah, yeah. Did the Keys Wahoo shootout and wanted to go meet a bunch of people and try, possibly try to shoot our first Wahoo. Yeah. And, uh, 
and, and nothing hold me back then, man. Yeah, Roll, yeah, go. that's exactly the same way with me. And it was like I remember it being a Thursday, and it was like three thirty. I was like, "Hey, you want to go to the Keys this weekend and go do the shootout?" And you were like, "Hang on." You asked your boss, and you're like, "All right, I'm in." <laughs> and it was like six thirty that night. We were meeting up and rolling. It was like three hours later. We were headed to the yeah. Keys, packed up. Oh, with our that was such gear. a packed, solid trip, yeah. man. We left on a Thursday evening and got back on a Sunday night. Well, it was really like Monday, a Monday morning. morning. It was. I was an hour late for work. That's right, yeah. I was too. I had a, it was like seven thirty when I rolled up to work the next morning. Yeah. I had to be there. At 7. I was an hour late, but they all knew where I was, so yeah. they were like, "Whatever, man, you're yeah. good. Whatever, you it know." It was cool. It's funny. <laughs> and there's several Bahama trips after that. Not a single Wahoo got shot. No. No, not the first one. <laughs> oh, that was a good. That was good times too. It was man. The rally of the crowd. Yeah, but dude, also some of those like I remember, it was either around that time or like shortly after we did some of those Bahamas runs with yep. uh, Michael Dornalis. That's right. And uh, dude, those were some fun yeah, trips. Going man. to Tiger Beach and seeing Black Grouper like that for the first time and hogfish and all the good stuff. Yeah, that was so much fun, man. And then, um, like, all your videos then, which is still so cool because you can still go back, go back and, and watch them. them. Yeah. yeah, It is cool when I talk about certain things. I'm like, you know what? I got to just watch the video instead. Yeah, so it's yeah. A lot easier to show it on a video than it is to talk about the story sometimes. It is, man. And that's such a fun aspect of it because just like shooting a fish or getting that great shot, it's almost a, it's a, it's a comparable feeling. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's definitely times in my life I've, I enjoyed having the camera in my hand more than I did the gun. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. There's sometimes I wish I had the gun though. But yeah. <laughs> we did a few trips together, man. We got to do some more, man. That, that those, those were good times. Like, I, there's also like a difference whenever like I go on like a trip by myself and I try to go spearfish or like I go with some friends somewhere and I try to go spearfish. It's different when you're going on a trip with like-minded. Yeah, that's right. With like-minded <laughs> individuals. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And not just a bunch Same of goal. Same That's goal. right. That's it's right. N- there's no well, other goal, right? Just hardcore guys that like to do it from sun up to sun down. I mean, that's the like my favorite time to dive or fish and be on the waters. Like that first couple hours in the morning. And then, of course, you know, we grind it out through the day. And, yeah. you know, that evening is usually when things start kind of popping off. And yeah. those sunset missions on the ride in with the camaraderie of the boys after fending off sharks and life-changing experiences on the water <laughs> together. <laughs> That is true, man. As a diver, you see life and death. On yeah, them. I mean, those yeah, guys, yeah. like, when you're when you're diving with those type of guys, like, it's like, you may not even know each other that well, but you have each other's backs, like, at all times. Like, yeah. it's a, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's it's a, a connection. Thing. Yeah, it's a connection, like, you can't explain to people. Like, I would yeah. go couch surf with these guys. I didn't even know, but, like, I felt like they were my best friend. Yeah. So. <laughs> I remember when I first got my bay boat down in Venice, uh, some of, like, the hell divers and sea tigers, like, uh, Rock and Jay, but I remember they were sitting around like, you don't understand, boy. We got your back. <laughs> He's like, you're a diver. I'm a diver. We got your back. And I was like, like, I know what you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> that's right. You understood it. You yeah. Just nodded. <laughs> My homies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you did, like, uh, some of those Bahamas trips. What else did we get into, man? And we went man, to I remember. Rica. Tell us, tell us about that trip that you went on where y'all shot all those tuna with uh, Brett Ryan. That was pretty <laughs> yeah, epic. Huh? That was an epic trip. That was probably the eye opener. Don't give up a lot of details about the, yeah. the the the. But like, you can tell us like what happened. I mean, but like the days prior, who was there, all that kind of stuff is pretty yeah. cool. Um. So I I started. I got invited on a Hell Divers rodeo uh, trip with those same that same group of people just a couple months before that. Um, at the time, I've never done any type of trip outside of Mississippi. It was like my first time branching out to the, like the Louisiana boys, all the hell diver guys. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm 
gonna go dive with the hell divers this weekend yeah so it was that was cool and fun and so then a couple months went by i guess i proved myself to him during the hell divers rodeo and went in some blow joe or whatever and then uh, it used to be how it would be it, it, it was with a lot of these groups yeah. of divers it's hard man. to get into them you know There's not it's a like lot of groups like invites that anymore. And, i mean i know how it is myself you know once you get with a close niche group of people you know and you know how each other work and so forth like it's it's hard sometimes when you bring someone new mm-hmm. into it yeah and um so and then so but so we got invited back to do some uh some tuna a tuna trip like two months later and uh I didn't have hardly any blue water gear and stuff at the time. I had a little bit of it, but so I had to, you know, purchase it all to go on this trip. Your ticket was really that camera, huh? Yeah, it was definitely. That's what uh, I bought that camera. People want the, of the pictures, he- right? The reason I bought the camera is because the uh, Dustin Landry was selling it on the Hell Divers uh, trip, and I've been thinking about buying a camera. Yeah. And uh, of course, your dad and a couple other people are the reason why. You know, like I was contemplating even getting on a water camera, and uh, luckily, you know, that's why I met that guy and I bought the camera from him, and you know saw where that took me for a few years so yeah, yeah. and uh so, but yeah so uh so we go down to venice that weekend uh all excited we're all up to like 3 a.m the first night re-rigging our guns you know double crimping stuff learning new techniques from everybody else and uh excited and we go out that first day and run all over god's creation i, I don't i think we burned like almost 300 gallons of fuel or something mm-hmm. like that, that day we ran to the east side of the river Ran all the way to the west side, and we ran back to the east side, and then we came back up southwest pass when it was all said and done. Wow. Just running, because we, we saw one or two, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. just. It never happened that, that day. That's right. No. I mean, nobody, I mean, triggers were pulled, but it was no close calls at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so we lick our wounds, go back, and so forth, and I'm pretty sure drink our sores away that, <laughs> that night, and then uh, get back at it again the next day. And uh, it was pretty much the same thing the second day. We, we, I mean, I think I shot a, my first king mackerel that day. That was it. You know, it was the only thing I saw. And I was waiting to pull this trigger on this brand new blue water gun I just bought with these big wings on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't even know how it shot and how it kicked. It's and not the best situation. No. If anybody's looking to get into it, man, make sure you shoot yeah, your gun a lot. Yeah, pool test it or something. Yeah, I mean, something. like, if I knew now what I knew then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, there wasn't a whole lot of people yeah. to talk to about it. That's and a stuff whole other, you know, what, you know, what we people came People were so in, secretive back then, and they, especially around diving. Yeah, people still are, and, the good ones still are. And yeah. the online stuff wasn't what it is today. You no, know, we didn't have YouTube videos yeah. and, you know, Facebook people and yeah. all these dive Ryan, shots. Ryan Myers showing you exactly Yeah, all these breakdown videos and stuff, man. It was like, and my who my go-to guy was Kyle Howard. He yeah. he was on the. We whole definitely had more than like people that had done it before us. The only reason you know I, I knew half the stuff like, I knew because <laughs> Kyle would go to Spearboard, you know, which is probably not really even used anymore. Yeah, and he the, he was the gear junkie. Like he'd go through. And he like, is man. He's the. He's gear always queer, he, he? yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> just everything. He like he goes into so much detail. Like when he looks into something. So he was like the online form guy. So that's how we got to know, like the couple homemade floats and stuff like that, that we did all came off a of spearboard back in the day. Yeah. And that was the only way. There was no Facebook and stuff. So. Yeah. And uh, so, but so we go back out the second day. I shoot the king mackerel. I was pretty excited about that. The blue water gun kicked really hard. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, not what I was used to. And uh, basically, we all go back in and lick our lick our wounds that day. No, uh, nobody got it. No, home, not right? no. And we like we were all contemplating even not going out the third day. We had a three day trip planned, you know, with Brad. That's a lot of money. And Hell stuff. yeah. It was, was it rough that next day? Um, you know, no, that second day it was rough because we did pretty much the same thing the first day as the second day running around. And um, I remember it being really rough. It was the first time I rode on a thirty four foot Freeman, and me and Brian LaFosse were. I was laying my back on the floor, and Brian was 
riding next to Brett, and I just kept seeing his eyes get big looking up at him, and because uh, I was laying below the gunnel. And but the whole time it was just smooth as butter the whole time. But yeah. Brian was freaking out the whole time. It was like four to five foot seas, you know, big for us at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nothing for those boats nowadays, it seems like. Yeah. And uh but yeah, and so so we liquor wounds again and come back out. But I'm glad we decided to go the third day. <laughs> that was key. Persistence always pays off. I mean we were. I mean it's almost better when it's like that. That's right. right. I mean yeah, it, yeah, it makes it it, it makes it, more it so much more sweeter in the yeah. end. That's what you had to work. You actually had to truly work for something yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. Because there was it was Sunday, everyone else in Venice, no hardly no tuna brought in that day. Yeah. Uh the both days. It was very low numbers. And uh, and so we were all like, Man, really don't want to spend all this money in fuel and so forth you know for the third day just out of whatever i mean long story short i don't remember who actually probably pumped the boys back up into going and stuff it was probably brett brett was all you know just like you know they're gonna be there they're gonna be there so yeah. and uh so but so we go out the third day and it was the first rollover in the morning it was uh it was uh blade henry and i think uh, uh dustin was chumming it may have been Jeff. I think it was Jeff Aguilar. I think it was Jeff and uh, he's on my podcast. Yep, yeah. that's right. I think it was Jeff Aguilar and Blade Henry roll over. As soon as they roll over, you hear, mm, mm, you know, and then boom, dive, and then gun goes off, and then uh, and then you see the float take off, and you're like, oh man, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and then but they both came back up, saw they saw tuna that pulled off, and then uh, I'm trying to remember who actually landed the first tuna that day, but I mean, there were so many that day. It's kind of y'all, y'all, whatever y'all took, like five, was it or six? Yeah, I'm trying to remember who was all on the trip. It was Blade Henry, Jeff Aguilard, uh, Dustin Landry, and uh, Whit Whit Carden was and on. Brian LaFosse, no? And Brian LaFosse, that's yeah. right. So I guess it was six of us total, yeah. I think, including that's Brett. a lot of divers. It on is. That's right. It was, and that's something I learned over the years too. You know, so yeah, and um, but yeah, and um. So, but everybody, everybody shot tuna that day. So, really? Yeah. And then the biggest one was 184 pounds. And I think that one, that one was diving in the mud the whole time. You know, it was, <laughs> that's what we always talk about. I think it was like, it was retarded. I think it was like 78 foot of water or something wow. like that. Man, like we were crazy. scared it was going to come up with mud all over its face. And then we only had a 75 foot uh, bungee hooked up to it. So it wasn't even really, it was stretching wow. the float line out, but not much. That's crazy. And so that, that all happened pretty quick during the day, or did you guys? No, it was it was scattered out throughout that day. We kept seeing tuna all day. What time day. did John end up back at the dock? Uh, I remember. I remember after we threw the six tuna in the box, we were all like, "All right, we're done." So yeah. and that was about two, three o'clock. Yeah. So there was a couple people. That was the first time Jeff landed his first tuna. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was a lot of first that day. Yeah. And and that's one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is like conservation because I I, I remember that day I was not in Venice. I wasn't even working in Venice at the time. No, you I, weren't. It was uh-uh. it was way before that. But I can tell you that like, I've I heard think you people, were working on the Lady Anne possibly at the time. Yeah, so. something like that. But I can tell you that there was people that still remember that day with all these divers coming back with six tuna yep. you know what i mean and you see it all in out there on the dock oh we were and proud we were beating on our chest when absolutely came back in a little man bit, so. but like to me i don't see anything wrong with what you guys did like yeah, you guys put y'all's time in there was all six of y'all there and you know some of them were big I mean, it's it's weird because people say, you know, don't take more than you need. But, like, if you're going on this, you know, trip of a, you know, you're trying to shoot your, you know. Your Personal best and something. Biggest like, fish. And not even that. Tuna, it, it was a lot of our first. A lot of people yeah, I never mean, on that trip never, never even never shot done one it before. before so. Right. And it's weird because you see all that stuff laying up on the dock and it's like, man, you know, that's a. 
that's a lot of fish. That's more yeah. than – and a lot uh-huh. of people hate on the divers for it because they might not have had a good day that day. Yeah. But what they – and I've heard – I hear a lot of people say that, oh, man, go and shoot them. That's easy. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> when you can pitch a dead white trout hooked through the that eyes was... with, you know, straight braid, like – that's, that's that's easy, easy. too. You know what I mean? There's that, there's aspects of it that, like, whenever they're there and they're doing it right, yeah, it's easy. It's not that hard. Like, it's just like when a deer walks straight up to you for some you reason. You want to know when I became best friends with Brian LaFosse and uh, Jeff Aguilar? And we haven't talked in a while now, to be honest with you, as sad as it is to say, and I need to call them both. But uh, the day it was day two. We're floating. We're floating in this chump slick. And Matt and sharks everywhere. I mean, typical tuna fishing out of there and so forth. But I've never been in the middle of a feeding frenzy of sharks. <laughs> Me and we all were spread probably about five or ten yards apart, you know, breathing up. And all of a sudden, it was just a frenzy. And we all went, like, shoulder to shoulder. We had our knees tucked in behind our wings on our – and this is the old school guns, you know, <laughs> the wings on the guns and stuff. And I remember us three just, like, laughing hysterically, like, what are we doing here? This is insane. <laughs> like sharks are hitting us and bumping us on the, on our like on our fins and stuff. And yeah. and we did after the frenzy kind of went away. We're like, all right, we're gonna move spots. So, but like that was one of those moments. Like that was one of the most bizarre moments in my life. <laughs> yeah, there had to be three hundred sharks swimming around us at one time. And, and I mean, we all got bumped. That'll times. definitely make you friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those dudes were right there with me through thick and thin. Not not the first one of us trying yeah. to. But it's like all that hard work that you got put into it you know like i just hate i, I don't know i feel like a lot of times uh divers in louisiana and around really get a bad rap from other people in the fishing community because of honestly i think a lot of it has to do with some of the tournaments that we've had as divers i agree 100%. you know the senseless killing and stuff yep. um but really like the way that to me, like free diving and spear fishing in general should be the most selective. Al- yeah, I mean, it is. It's it should be the most ethical uh, way. Ethical, of yeah. Yep. It should be. Yeah, if you do it the right way, and if you do it the way that, and it's it can be easy at times, but most of the times it's not. You got to work for right. it. I, I mean, I think the bottom line is whether you're fishing or you're diving, it's what your intentions are. Yep. What your intentions right. are to be there. Yeah. Like if you got what's going to make you happy at the end of the day is it the box cool cooler full of fish or is it just going out with the boys and get you know and having some yeah. good times. Good time for me, a lot of it, I don't know what it is, but it's like I want to do something that I've never done before that's or right. see something that I've never seen before. I think that's why you know we go out mean? there so much. It yeah, happens absolutely. all the time when you're all out the time, there. almost all the every time. day. I mean, that's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I mean, like think I've seen whales in my own backyard. You know, people are like you've you you seen whales in Mississippi. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're out there. there. <laughs> I want to see a killer whale, killer yeah. whale and a great white. That's yeah. definitely. And, you know, I think a big a part of it sometimes is it makes you more of a, a more eager to be out in the water is the fact that, like, we got to go so far. You got to, you know, do something new, new grounds, you, you gotta, like explore, yeah, you like explore, yeah. yeah, find and find a new honey hole, you know, yeah. whatever it is, <laughs> just like uncharted territories. Yeah, it definitely is. There's a Man, lot of it out there getting off the beaten path. Yeah. And you've gotten so like uh, in recent uh, years, you've gotten on with uh, intense sport fishing, yep. like the that whole fishing team over there. And I think the camera kind of carried it, you into that. It thing. did. And that's right. Exactly right. That's the only <laughs> reason I got on that trip. <laughs> these bunch of these country boys didn't know how to work a camera. And yeah, and, like uh, Neil Foster is yeah, the captain, right? That's and, right, Captain Neil Foster. Yeah. And then you got Josh Collier and uh, Trey Tillman are the two deckhands on the boat that deckhand with me. So 
So y'all are kind of equals y- in a way. Yeah, well, we all have, like it's, it's a team. Everybody has their own part. You know, yeah. that's all. It's part of a team. So. Don't want to label it anything. No, like, it's no, it's their place right? for sure. That's exactly right. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean it is. Everybody's got everybody's got a time and a job, and yeah. you know, and you fill in here and there and so forth, and it's a good time, man. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, the camera. Neil Neil called me and uh, told me he wanted a underwater photographer. You know, somebody that was crazy as they were to get out on the boat and heard I was the crazy one, and uh. And sure enough, I got on the boat and I was running. Uh, I was running seven cameras, you know, including a drone and stuff. And then I was also helping them set four or five lines at a time, reeling them in, hook fish, gaff fish, you know. Have you ever been on the boat with a true cameraman that's they never been on the water in any type of water experience? So, like yeah. they're completely in the way the whole time. Yeah. And sorry to all <laughs> other camera guys that get put in that position. Dude, it's so true, man. But it's like you know, like there's just certain things they don't know what to look for, what to expect next, and so forth. And that was me. I just I filled that gap good for him. So. Yeah. Man, you're you're right about that. I've never like you know, whenever you're trying to get a camera person on the boat, the camera person almost has to know how to fish too. So I mean, he they're knows. usually city slickers. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, it's nothing against them, but they just tend to be a little bit more on the nerdy side, being on computers and so forth, and uh never done a whole lot of fishing probably at all you know like yeah. one of the guys we took so on it's the, like you're in the way but you don't even know that you're in the way one of the guys <laughs> that we took on the intense boats never even been on the ocean before never even touched the ocean before and he was a camera guy on the boat for three or four days really yeah and he had a great time dude he did awesome but it was just crazy to think he's never been on the ocean before and then he goes so like this, what since then they've like you kind of taken a role as a fisherman and uh, they had somebody else yeah so i did a lot of the camera stuff like for the first two or three years but they're still like contender will send somebody or you know they still have their own people they'll come send to do like a little show or youtube clip or something and a lot of times what i'll do is i'll still run all my cameras and so forth and i'll give them all the video afterwards so they can do whatever they want with it Okay. And uh, so you're kind of like content. Yeah, and I, but I'm more of a deckhand. I mean, for sure. That's yeah. like especially over the last couple of years. I've like I've gotten more into fishing. Po- yeah. You know, back in the day, I didn't even pick up a rod and reel when I used to scuba fish, uh, scuba fish, <laughs> spear fishing, yeah. scuba and free diving stuff. And uh, you know, I used to actually look down on pole fishermen all the time back in the day, as <laughs> it is to say. And then uh, now I have mad respect for them. I mean, they grind hard too. I mean, the right the right group of boys and stuff. You got to grind hard if you want to make something work. You know, you got to you got to earn it out there. Yeah, so. <laughs> for sure, man. You got in with a good team, man. They're some. And we've done like, some I winning. Mean, that's you're for definitely sure. sure. Like you, you like no matter what tournament is going down on the miss on the. Gulf of Mexico. I mean, yeah, we're right smack dab in the middle of, of it, huh? The seeing uh, intense sport fishing on big old shiny blue board. boat with yeah. blue outriggers. They're gonna be on that through. board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have done some like they mainly with the with the wahoo, but y'all caught a big tuna this year. That's right. Huh? So we're we're scaring the boys out there a little bit, <laughs> getting branching out a little bit. Who knows? We may be into we may be going for Marlin next. The monkey boat returns. <laughs> <laughs> We're a small boat in a big pond out there, man. You know, he's, he's fishing next to some small of these naughty Man, you can't call a 44 foot No, it's a not. Small boat, but man. You, you know how it is. You start getting on those boats and you're fishing next to, you know, you're 150, 300 miles or 1,200 miles from home, whatever it is we go to. You know, we're all over the place sometimes. But, you know, it just, you know, these guys are up there and they're drinking their cocktails, watching sports and so forth in their ACs. And we're over here on beanbags and this, you know, you say a 44-foot boat's not small, but when you got six people that live with each other with three or four days, you know, and then, you know, that third night. I know. You can't have any more than that. <laughs> you, can only, sure. you can only get so far from that person when they make you mad, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. But, uh, 
how, so like uh, in the future, man, are you 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 planning on sticking it out with intense? Like you like where it's all going? Oh yeah, for sure, like, man. That's what like some good guys. It is, know. dude. I've learned a lot being with them. I mean, like I said, I didn't know anything about pole fishing before this, you know, other than just dropping down an egg weight with a dead piece of dead bait on it. So yeah. And, uh, I mean, and I've incorporated that into other areas of my life, you know, like with the speckled trout fishing, red fishing, you know, it's all branched off, just paying attention, you know, yeah, just man. reading water, you know, all the small details that come into play in, in the end. Yeah. So. And tell me a little bit about that. Like in the recent years, you and, uh, I, I wish sometimes that like I wasn't so into guiding cause I know I'd be right out there with <laughs> that's you. That's right. That's we haven't, and, and that's why we haven't done as many trips here lately. Yeah, it probably is. Cause like just, you got really, really like. Like as as far into speckled trout fishing as anybody <laughs> could get into it is is that's awesome. I'm man. a little bit of a trout nerd, that's for sure. <laughs> and recently too, you know, it's just funny. It's like, well, this goes back to anything, you know, like like diving in the Bahamas. It was like you stopped doing a lot of free diving and you started doing a lot more sp- like speckled trout and going out with. Like but any a true hunter, you know, even I know we fish, you know, for the most part. But a true hunter in general, you know, any, anything that you learn, anything you tend to hunt, you know, you tend to learn more about. And then once you learn certain things, you know, along the way, like you know, spawning and stuff like that, you know, you start to like you want better for that species, you know, so you want to be able to keep taking that species just as easily as you have before and enjoy all the same moments and so forth. And that goes with anything. I've learned that with black grouper, you know, in the Bahamas, the big ones and so forth. And the trout are the same way. Right. And uh, so that's why I think I've, I've always geeked out on anything I've done. So yeah. I've, you know, I'm not <laughs> like, I don't just like stick my pinky into something a little, you know, yeah. my toe in the water a little bit. I just full on cannonball in when I go into something. Yeah. Do you think it was <laughs> kind of like a little bit of it is like we got like i got like more involved in uh, i mean the group that we were kind of like diving with a lot kind of faded away people moved whatever and just life life i mean that's all it is but it seemed like the people that you were around a lot they like to do the trout fishing and to you it's like being on the water is just as good as anything that's right right. (laughs) so that's something else i learned too later on life of course life got in the way my job and so forth had to work more and uh I learned I just like being on the water is what truly that's what I was going out there for. Like yeah. just being just being away, cutting the phone off, airplane mode, you know, yeah. just getting away from life in general, going into me time. Yeah. And uh, but it's always fun when you're catching big fish in the me well, time. Yeah, too, exactly. So. so it's like it's the if same gonna, thing in a way. You're still on a hunt. It's yeah. It's just the difference. It's the grind. It's, it's the, the chase. Grind, yeah. uh, it's something like that white. And getting ghost. other people to do it with you. That's right? right. And that's hard to do sometimes too. Like As some people got a really good some, group of friends that like I'm telling you guys like I, I'm in some group texts with them and stuff and like if it's the weekend and it's good weather I mean they gonna be out there. Oh yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> what. <laughs> like how many days did you said you guys camped like last year out there? I think we camped. Me and Don, well, so me and Don go out a lot, Don Peon, and then, of course, me and Anthony Vermillion, but I've been with Don probably the most, but I think I could, between the two of them combined camping last year, uh, I think I went over like 24, 25 times the Chandelier. Wow. So, yeah. and a couple of them were like on the houseboat, you know, on the Pelican and yeah, stuff. There's you know, still a lot there. of time out there, man. But most of the time it was, it was grinding out on a boat, sleeping on a beanbag. So, <laughs> I bet you know that Alan liked the back of your hand by now. Uh, well, these last two storms have reminded me how much, how little I know yeah. now. So that's why like, it's constantly changing. That's kind <laughs> of the fun part time. about that Island. It yeah. keeps you on your toes, you know, like you think you, you think you know it well and it humbles you real quick. So show up in somewhere you thought they'd never be. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, but it is. It's fun. That's what. And those big fish, they get more finicky. You know, it's a little bit harder for chase. You know, they, they spook a little easier. Yeah. Anybody can go out there and catch a hunter speckle trout. But it's all about going out there and catching that one. Yeah. So, yeah. nobody remembers the days. I'm not saying you don't remember the days you didn't feel the cooler. You know, those are a good day. But no one remembers the days you caught fish. But 
you know, 20, 30 years from now, you remember that one fish. So yeah. that one true experience. Yeah. So. yeah. It definitely does uh, for somebody that's ate up with trout fishing. I, I haven't ever got the bug that bad, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, just, I like it in general. I've, I'm not a complete trout snob. Like, I like catching redfish, yeah. you know. I could see myself if I wasn't doing the – like, if like – if, I was in your shoes. I definitely could see it. If I worked a nine to five and I had a bunch of friends that wanted to go out to the island every weekend, bro, that'd yeah. be right there. I'm about saying it gives me a re and like like I need another reason to go to the islands, but okay, <laughs> sure, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, but it's even yeah. easier now with the boat behind the house. You know, that's what I moved in the water a couple of years ago. So, and now the boat just stares at me every time I come home from work. So yeah, I, I, to me it's different though with the the speckled trout. It's uh, to me, a big speckled trout is like the same as a big anything. Like if I caught a fifty-inch bull red, I think I would be just as at all. So I'm gonna, I'm trout. gonna, I'm gonna relate this to you so you can understand it. Because yeah. I've been, I've done the wahoo hunting and chasing and so forth. I compare speckled trout to wahoo all the time. Oh, I do too. Like the finickiness of them, the yeah. I mean, soft skin, soft lips. You know, just everything about the way you got to hunt them is more delicate. You know, and then they spook real easy and. I mean, when I when when I take those two types of fish and compare, that's like the two most comparable fish for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's what it is. That I I definitely think, and honestly, spearfish. Have you ever speared a speckled trout? No. Uh, that's what. Uh. That's one of the things I really wanted to try and do this summer, but I was working too much. But I really want to go out and try and like shoot one like on the grass flats I mean, and stuff. I've shot I've shot one or no, I shot three at a uh, at a gas well. But it's like the most fun fish because they're super spooky and they, I don't know, you, there's a really small target for the oh, most part. For, oh, yeah, for sure. And that's going to be a lot harder of a challenge for sure. So yeah. the, uh, like It's I'm weird not, that it's illegal well, in certain places. That's what I was going to say. I'm not against it. If you're going to consume it, you just take what you need and leave the rest, yeah. however you want to do it. So. Well, but if you get a bunch of people out there diving to well, the speckled trout, I do. you're piss off a lot of fishermen. That, that is true. <laughs> I mean, and that's the right. It's like if you do it the, the, the right way, I mean, no one, I mean, but you would have guys who want to go out there and try to shoot 205 pound speckled yeah. trout if they could so but that would never i don't i can't see that happen that'd have to be really hard right but let who me knows? ask you There's this crazy you see more and more people every year at the chandelier islands uh it's almost like you used to run out there to get away from people and then yeah. you're running yeah. there to see all the people yeah um it's true <laughs> but like you know nobody owns that water or whatever what what's the main way that somebody can like really screw up a, a group of wade fishermen like something that you're doing like i want you to tell people so that maybe people that listen to this will kind of know what not to do yeah just you know trying I mean? to spread the uh respectful thing yeah to do, exactly because a, a lot of people i've had people call me out and i yep. didn't even know i was doing something wrong the biggest thing is boat motors you know we go all this long ways like you know for instance we grounded out so hard in those camping trips where we actually uh like, we camp out on the spot that we want to wade fish the next morning, and that's why we like being there the night before, so we never even have to crank the boat motor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we roll right out the boat in the morning real quietly and so forth. So you like, feel like they bite better when you do that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the big, it's like a big deer, big anything, you know. Once they catch a little sniff of, you know, something that's not familiar or something that's weird, they're like, and that's not always true. You know, you hear about the people peeing underneath their stand, smoking cigarettes, and still shoot their right, monster right, buck, right, for sure. Right. And that can happen, too. Any, any, you know, a blind squirrel can find a nut any day. But to consistently catch these fish, you know, stealth, quietness. Yeah. That's why we wade fish. We get away from the boats, the loud motors, the trolling motors, and all that stuff. 
Um, now, if I see somebody, the, the most respectful thing, like I said, nobody owns the water. Everyone's there, you know, right. you know, it's exactly. their spot. They've been fishing the same hole, just like we've been they fishing the same hole. They might have been the there yesterday, hole. too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And they already know where the fish are at. I get it. You know, we're not, no one's against sharing the waters for sure, but boat motors, just cut your motor off. Cut your motor <laughs> and radio. off. And maybe, radio. Maybe turn your radio down. Maybe, like, so, I mean, if you see a group a of guys motor, that are motor. sitting off the beach and they're casting a certain way, you might not want to go. Well, and that's right. You could obviously, that's a big island. It's a 68-mile-long island. There's, I mean, there's, if you know the island well enough, there's another hole you can go to for a little bit and then come back and check it out yeah. later. But Yeah, I would say if you're – I mean, it's really dependent on the but area. But some days some – Because, days. like, some days, like, if you're on the very tip of one of the yep. islands or something like that, it's – Or, like, you go all the way to Freemason. I'm, you know, <laughs> I just, like, I'm already out here. Like, I'm sorry, bud, you know. Just, you know oh, you're catching fish right here? We've been around this whole island. We're just going to come eat right next to you. Because they're all probably in that just do it spot. Just do it respectfully, yeah. you know. That's all there is to it, you know. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, I would say whenever you're out there and you see other boats, do your best not to be an asshole toward them because they're trying to do the same that's thing. That that's you're right. Doing. Everybody spent the same amount of time, money, effort to get out there, you know. Yeah. So, But there's, I mean, there's a way, like, if, you know, you got a group and they're, they're clearly all – moving one way don't go cut them off that, that kind of that, thing i mean that to me is common with, sense. that's right well wade fishing i can't agree with that so and now sometimes i know we get out the boat and there's six of us or four of us and we just poof, spread out everywhere there's nothing you can do about that but when you see a group of wade fishing walking down a shoreline don't pull up 100 yards ahead of them because i walk for two miles you know when i right. go sometimes yeah. now i understand you can't i understand you're not going to pull in two miles of me ahead of me but don't yeah. pull in 100 200 yards ahead of me and cut my weight off man that's kind of i mean like i've seen I, i've done that unintentionally sometimes uh down in venice like i'll see a boat and they're on a shoreline and i'll pull up i thought they were on a power pole and they're really moving that whole long bank and they come up to me and they start yelling and shit at me and you know i may that's kind of how i learned that yeah, you know that's right I mean? and it does take those type of people and that's what but i'm not that guy i mean yeah. i'm a lover and not a fighter even if you make me mad and so forth i mean I'm yeah. usually just gonna. I got enough spots on you know wherever I'm going to. I'm just gonna get back in my boat and go somewhere yeah. else. If I tell anybody anything, I've I try to leave no aggression in it at all. Yeah, you know, tell them like I've seen like this one canal. It's, this little boat was fishing in, and I was like, look, man, that's a really dangerous spot to be fishing. If I were you, I'd I'd pick another spot because like somebody's gonna come and hit yeah, hit yep. you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to yeah. like be Save nice a life. to you. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, in not such a serious case, like if, you know, somebody tells me something, if you don't do it aggressively, people are more apt to listen in, instead of saying, fuck you back, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Well, I grew up with a stern hand, so I understand. I mean, but like positive reinforcement. <laughs> but it is sometimes, but like, the, but if you never say anything at all, then people are never going to learn. You yeah, know? that's and, true. And there are, there's so many different styles of fishing. That's the other thing, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like trolling motor, you know, drifting, wade fishing, fly fishing, you know, yeah. just. Like you're there looking for trout. Pulling. There could be another guy it, looking for bull reds. That's like one thing. Kind of wants to scare you know, a this bit. push pulling is <laughs> starting to be a big thing. All this flat skiffing and stuff which is right in the areas where we wade fish a lot. So, and I don't know much about any of that, but I've tried to be more respectful. Like I give those that guys a little bit more area because I know they push pole good ways, you know, mm -hmm. and they, and their big thing is not spooking the redfish. So they can yeah. fly fish for them. And, uh, but that's something I'd like to learn more about too. I don't know what proper etiquette when you, when I approach one of those guys. Yeah. And for me, it's like tarpon fishing over yep. there in Venice. Like there, those guys, there's more and more of them doing it. And it's like, I, I've never tarpon fished. So I, I'm almost reluctant to even go out and try 
I mean, I've gone out and tried areas that I don't know that's, if they're there, but if all the tarpon boats are in one area. That's my inshore white ghost right now. That's <laughs> we haven't really attempted it yet, but we've kind of looked into it a little bit. Yeah. You know, we're passing good grounds all the time going to and from. You know, it's just having the right rig set up when it does happen. We've definitely seen a few of them over the years. So. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the the ultimate inshore yeah. goat for sure. Yeah, I want to catch one. That's it. So I'm not. I, I don't. <laughs> you say that, dude. I caught one last one. year. I was like, screw all this other shit. What yeah, are we even I, doing I, out here? Dude, jumping <laughs> ape shit out the water the whole time. I mean, it's like it's like you know, like you just said with like speckle trout. You're looking for that one yep. bite. That one bite, yep. you know that one I mean? experience, that one moment. Yeah, that's all you're looking for. You grind it out for hours and hours yeah. and hours to make it happen, and then yeah. it finally happens. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what that's that's tarpon fishing. <laughs> 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 that's what I mean. It's the like tarpon. what you're trying to do with trout, but it's like with a 250 pound fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> massive head shakes. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, man. Like so, I, I, I mean, I didn't even catch a big one. The one I caught was like forty or fifty pounds. Still I was actually triple tail fishing. Yeah, and caught him, and I was like, "Man, this is so cool." <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> he then jumped this out year, the water a thousand times on you. Man, but then this year I tried to go, but this my clientele just doesn't want to mess with it. So many meat haulers, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to bring home the bacon, to mama. Yeah, that's right. Um, but man, we're coming up on like forty-five minutes. I usually like to wrap it up. I know we've talked a good bit about conservation already, but like, what do you think we can do um, more as fishermen to uh, <clears throat> help our resource? Um, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. That's one reason I like the speckled truth saying so much. Everybody's got different needs, you know, families to feed, or you know, and so forth, and. I mean, just take what you need and leave the rest. Yeah. I mean, He's, yeah, yeah everyone I, has different I use lifestyles. it too. I use it I too. Mean, I hope I hope Chris Bush doesn't care that I use that from time to time. Yeah, but, same. Uh, I mean, but it's, it's a, a good it's saying. a good one. It's yeah, like it's it, it, one, there's no there's no un, uh, it's an unbiased standpoint, I guess, mm-hmm. in a sense. It's just everybody has different lifestyles they live, bigger families, and so forth. And um, I mean, you just take what you need and leave the rest. That's yeah. What do you good. think about as far as like more habitat for trout though? You think there's some things that could be done? I mean, I see that they're out there building up Breton Island and stuff and like what you see. I don't know how much of that's going to help, but I'm no engineer. I think, <laughs> I think they're playing with mother nature's what they're doing. So that's my personal yeah. opinion. But I mean, you can say that, but like, uh, I think it's artificial take, reefs make more fish. I, I don't disagree, but I think, I think it would take more money than what people are willing to put into it. But we got seventy million dollars into I it. I think it's. I think it'll take more than that. It's really? a lot of manpower. You know, just being on the commercial construction side of it, the whole nine yards. I think that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, like a very small drop in the bucket. Yeah. It's a big island. Needs a lot of work. It's slowly fading away. So, yeah. but if you could preserve certain parts of it, you know, to last for longer or whatever, you know, I'm not against it. That's for sure. So, no. I've thought about like just recently. Um, I think fads are like a big. Yep. Or like a big uh, habitat source, especially here in Mississippi, Louisiana, and like we have such a water color Mm -hmm. change through the um, through the water. But like, why couldn't uh, one of the ideas I had the other day? Why like, why don't we have like three or four times as many channel markers that we have? Because it's like it's already a designated zone, you know. To have why not just put more of them? That way we can have more fish or more areas or more like. 
there's a more uh, those fish have a, a better chance of making it because the fishermen can't fish all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, I think it all boils down to money, bud. And just the tax money's only making yeah. it so far. I just think that like, uh, but yeah, you're right. It I does feel come like down if certain to money. programs could work together. They could put more money into those programs to make that happen. Yeah. You know, so. I just think more habitat. I th- I think what you're saying is right as far as ca- take what you need, release the rest. As like far as like every day, like what can like the individual do? Yeah. And then I think I I do think but that like I don't disagree with you on the habitat side of it, and that's one reason I think I've grown away from diving as much lately because there's not as many rigs in our backyard no more. You know, you yeah. got to go fight for the spots. You know, like I go out nowadays in the peak of the season, and I got to fight a rig with six or seven people on it. Yeah. You know, used to you could go drive, and if there was one person on a rig, you just drive to the next rig, and it's no big deal. And I say it all the time: they keep taking all these rigs up. It, if it just doesn't in, make sense. in a few years or in, and in, in the next decade, more fishing pressure, and it's like. They're going to start looking for ways to make more fish. And I, I, yeah, I mean, the regret. people want to play with all the numbers and stuff about how many fish is out there. But I really think if, like, I, I know, God forbid, the, the, now, the National Wildlife Refuge would have a absolute fit if we did this. But if you put fads all the way around Horn Island. Yep. Like, something that, like, fish all, all the way through the water column, too. Something that sticks up. It's just like Hawaii we'll and all these other f- people. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Fads attract fish, you know? All just, over the world. It just had to. You can't put a bunch of homemade fads out there. You no, know? no. You'd have to do it properly. But if you did properly. it properly and they're marked properly the whole nine yards, you know, it's just. Yeah, it's the Coast Guard regulations but, but and stuff. It's so regulated. That, you can't really that key just term do is that. Pr- the. I guess it's not really properly, but like that's the expensive part, you know. It's yeah. Just, it takes regulations, money to, yeah, yeah. government and everything else. And, yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's really makes it harder to make. You know, it makes it harder for the people trying to help. Yeah. What do you think about what they did with Round Island though? Like they made that whole estuary. I mean, it's literally yep. a. a like it's a whole, whole other ecosystem. Yeah, it's there. a whole other island in there now. So it's got its own lagoon and everything. So. <laughs> and they literally made that. Like, I, like to me, I, I think they should take that as an example and, and keep going with it. Like, yeah, well, just time will tell with it, though. You know, it's still new. It's only a couple years old. You got to see how it weathers through a few storms and so forth. You know, that's the big things I think with doing all this stuff is the storms. Yeah. You know, I just well, you know, you can do something one year and spend a bunch of money on it, you have a bad storm the next year and it's well, all them gone. rigs are pretty stable though. Yeah, well rigs are for sure. That's what <laughs> Yeah, they don't need to take them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> What's the cost of a rig though? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know, man. These are like things I like to talk about. I but, agree. It's definitely know, something it's... people need to ponder about. So Yeah, it's I just like a cool I definitely think in a few years they're gonna be regretting taking the rigs down. So Yeah. It didn't seem like no matter what we do though, as people it seems like as time goes on, we're just going to make more and more of a, a footprint, yep. you know, f- humans in general, yep. you know. And to me, it's like we can make a footprint by putting more stuff out there and making more habitat. That is and that's like – That is like human – The world's human, only so big. That so. is human intervention, but if we can help it in the right way, it's more so what I think, you know. How do you think the fishing is on Mars? There's no fish on Mars. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've never been there, but that's what they told me. <laughs> that's like just be like 60 or 70% water or something. Oh, really? I don't know. Making things up. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you uh, doing this kind of an impromptu thing. You just there, came over to hang out, and I was improm- like, man, you want to do a podcast? We're changing out boat seats on the Blue Wave, and then next thing I know, I have headphones on my ears, and we're talking. So Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Spontaneous well, as always, my friend. Absolutely. And, um, man, really, thank you again. We got to get down in Venice and uh, do some stuff, and we might even think about working together yeah, we'll see I don't know Let's, we'll keep throwing the little rumors and hints out there maybe. we'll see where it goes 
But um, yeah, guys, as always, go to the store, grab you a bottle of Yellowfin Vodka. You can find it in uh, most of your local grocers in uh, Louisiana. So go give it a go give it a, a swallow. Let us know what you think. But um, yeah, guys, have a good one. Thanks again, Austin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Tunatown Talks. Also, if you'd like to book a charter with me, you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com. That's Mexican Gulf website, where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water.